0: Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. If I said the name Horatio Spafford, would you know who that is? If I said the name Horatio Spafford, would you know who that is? Horatio was born in 1828, and he grew up to be a successful lawyer and landowner. And life was great for him Until 1871 In 1871, there was this historic and catastrophic event in Chicago Called the Chicago Fire And it said that all the land that Horatio had kind of accumulated over the years Was turned to ashes It wasn't long after that That his son died of scarlet fever you would realize that this is an intense moment for his family, for his wife. Like, this was something they didn't see coming, but there it was. And the problem is that his story was only beginning. It was two years later, and his family had decided, you know, we need to do something together. And they decided that his wife and then his four daughters, they would take a trip to England together. It was time to get away, and so they made their plans, and they bought the tickets, and they were just about to go. But right before the trip happened, there's something that happened in his business, and there's some land disputes. And Horatio said, you guys go on ahead. I'm going to stay behind, but don't worry. I'm right behind you. It wasn't long after that that he received something he never would have dreamed to receive, a a telegram. And this telegram simply said, Saved alone, what shall I do? See, on the way over, uh, the ship that the Spafford girls were on collided with another ship. And 200 people died. Of those 200 that passed away, four of them were her daughter. It was his daughter's. That telegram that he received was from his wife. And when he got this, you know the response is he quickly had to get whatever ship he could get onto and make his way over to England because he had to be with his wife. Well, on his way over... And the captain of the ship had heard about the tragedy. The captain of the ship heard about the tragedy, and so he called him up to his quarters. And, and And when he arrived, he started having a conversation. He said, "I need you to know this. This is the spot," and he pointed. This is the spot where the shipwreck happened. This is the spot your daughters died. Horatio, obviously, the emotions were big and he had to go be with his thoughts and his emotions. And in his room where he was thinking in in, in this deep, tragic sense, and his soul was taking over, he wrote the words to many of you know the song, It Is Well With My Soul. In the midst of his tragedy, He wrote these deep words that people have connected with thousands of people over the years that have been sung in churches. The conversation I want to have today is this. How am I supposed to walk through the hardest moments in my life? What am I supposed to do When life happens and it's too much for me, I'm not going to lie, of the Off the Fence series, this is going to be the heaviest of them. It may stir something inside of some of us, but I want to tell you the hope I have for today. The hope that I have for today is that you can leave here saying, I do have a choice in how I walk through life, even the toughest moments. I do have options, options that maybe I haven't thought about when the circumstances get the toughest. See, my motive behind today is simply this, I mourn. I mourn when I see people walk through hard moments and the end result is destruction. I I mourn when I see people go through tough times and faith is lost, life is lost, that the result is they wander for life, that destruction happens. And I understand today, though, that this isn't going to be for everyone. Understand this topic is not going to be for everyone today, but I'll tell you I think everybody needs to be prepared for those moments. How are we going to walk through the toughest moments? And then secondly, you may know people walking through the toughest season of their life And you may be the person that God wants to use to speak into them But I've been there before and you wonder how do I walk through that? What do I say? I want to be helpful, but I'm not sure what to do. But God uses us in other people's lives. And so today, it may not be a message for you, but it may be for you in the sense of how God wants to use you in someone else's life. Because I'm hoping by having this conversation, hope can be experienced maybe by you, by you today, by you in the future, or somebody that God has entrusted you, their life with in your hands for this moment. Because once again, I do believe when we have the conversation, how do I walk through the hardest moments in life? There are options. There isn't just one option. And I believe there's a side of the fence where hope is waiting for us. There's a side of the fence where hope is wanting to lift people up. But once again, we have to decide which side of the fence are we gonna land on. Because that's the conversation we've been having, right? That's the conversation we've been having and we're going to continue to have is that life happens, situations happen, that throughout our life is, we're going to put in a place where we have to make important decisions. How are we going to live this one life that we have? And we can't just sit on the fence we can't just sit there and wait for life to happen around us we have to make decisions we have to take ownership of our decisions because our decisions lead to outcomes our our decisions dictate direction just like last week we talked about forgiveness talk about how do we respond which side of the fence do we land on when someone does us wrong and will we choose forgiveness or not? And based on that decision, we'll set trajectory for our life. And so we got to move into today. Hardship is a reality for our life. We may do our best to avoid suffering, but if you've lived much life at all, you know you will walk into seasons of suffering. There's no avoiding hard moments, but here's a simple but hopefully memorable truth that I've already teased this morning that I want us to remember is that your hardest moments don't have to destroy your life. Your toughest seasons don't have to bring destructions but decisions have to be made sometimes perspective has to change but when we look at scripture which is always our source of truth and direction, we will see suffering and hardship all the way through it. That there's a thread of suffering that go through Scripture that it comes to a point where I don't think I can read Scripture anymore and not see these moments of suffering that thread its way through. If you've been brought up in the church, you've been told these stories before. Stories and truths like the New Testament was written by a guy named Paul, and most of it was written while he's in prison, hardship. You've heard the story of Job, battle after battle. You probably know that these disciples um, that decided to follow Jesus all but one were martyred for their faith. You see the stories of the Jewish people and then the Christians that followed that they're always in a season of suffering it seems under the authority of the Romans. If you read the Bible you can't miss the idea that there's hardship and suffering for people. You even listen to Jesus' conversation he has with his disciples. One recorded in the book of John, the letter John wrote his gospel where he's sitting, he's looking at his disciples and, I, and how I picture it He's like, hey, I need you to pay attention to this for a second In your life You're going to have troubles Hey, I know that you following me now You may not think that, that there's going to be something after this That's going to be hard But I want to tell you In your life, you're going to have troubles So once again the theme of life, all through Scripture. It's hard times are going to come. But the question is, how are we going to walk through that so we can get through to the other side? Now, for me, as I read Scripture, there are a couple people that really encourage me. I mean, I'll be honest, when I see people like you, I walk through, you, how you walk through pain and how you walk through life, you encourage me. How you walk through the hardest moments, I'm encouraged by your faith and, and joy that can be found in the middle. But there are a couple of people in Scripture that I look and I go, your story encourages me. One in the New Testament, one in the Old Testament, that I, I don't care if you grew up in church or not, you've probably heard of the person Joseph. Joseph. You know the guy Joseph and his, his story spans over chapters in Genesis. And you see that Joseph's story um, it changes in a moment. He goes from the seat of blessing to the seat of suffering in mere moments. He goes from the seat of blessing where where he is his father's favorite son. He goes from the seat of blessing where he has the best clothes. He he goes from the seat of blessing. He's the son that's having the dreams of his brothers bowing down to him. He's in the seat of blessing until the moment he's not. Gets into the seat of suffering, and the seat of suffering happens because his brothers turn on him. You know this story brothers turn on him and they begin to wrestle. Do we kill him or do we sell him? They opt to sell him. And Joseph finds himself in Egypt, now a slave. Joseph finds himself now in Egypt, in prison for something he doesn't even do. He finds himself in Egypt where his life has been stolen. He finds himself in Egypt where things were good until they weren't and what do I do now? But just as things change in an instant, things change again. And I think it's due to how he walked through this season of pain that things changed again. He finds himself in leadership. He finds himself actually being looked at as someone with authority. He finds himself actually being the hero for Israel as they are in their famine season of life and he ends up saving them. And then he finds himself in the front of his brothers. And you know this passage, right? This famous words that he says in Genesis 50. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done in the saving of many lives. You know the story of Joseph. We we, we need sometimes to be reminded of, look how he walked through life. You can go from seed of of blessing to seed of suffering. But if you walk through it in, in ways that God can use, you can find yourself in this place where it doesn't have to destroy you. And Joseph's story encourages me. Joseph's story encourages me of how he walked through pain, because I know it's going to come in my life. I said there's two, and the other one is in the New Testament. We've got the story of John, and some of you may know this, some of you don't, but but John is uh, the self-described one that Jesus loves. John, who spent a ton of his life all of his life after meeting Jesus, declaring him to be the Messiah. You see, he, he's, this, he's this man who, who is part of this movement, this life-changing movement. Eventually even writing a letter so people would remember who Jesus is. But during the years of, we'll call it 81 AD to 96 AD, there was an immense amount of persecution in the Christian community under the leader of rome the emperor domitian it is said when you read outside of scripture you see that john that john is uh, under the leadership domitian is to be put in boiling oil for his belief but it's also said that john keeps proclaiming the gospel it is said that under domitian's leadership that john is to drink poison As this happened, he still declared the gospel. This frustrated the leader, so eventually, in around 95-ish A.D., he is exiled. He's sent away to an island called Patmos. His life is taken away, and he's just, he's sent away. But how John walks through this moment changes everything, because it's on this island that a book that you call book of Revelation is written. Because it's on this island that God had a message for John. It's on this exiled island, this place where he's been kicked out, and he's living, I'm sure, in pain and suffering and hurt. How did I get there? God had a message for him. And we see that message in Revelation 1:19. It simply says, Write, therefore, what you've seen what is now and will take place later. And he did, didn't he? This is the book of Revelation. That John may have been exiled. John may be going through one of his toughest moments in his life. But John continued to do what God had called him to do. And why this encourages me Why I want these two quick stories to encourage you this morning is that we need to remember that hardships in and around us can't undo what God wants to do in and through us. Will you remember this? Will you repeat this to people who are struggling in life? That hardships in and around our lives don't undo what God wants to do in and through our lives. Hardships can't do that. Brokenness can't do that. Do we need to say this to ourselves? Do we need to say this to somebody else? How we walk through our pain How we walk through the hard moments often dictates future. But the good thing is we have a choice. Which brings me back to this off the fence series. I've been telling you these first few weeks that there's choices. And we don't just sit on the fence, we land on one side or the other. And there is a choice in this. That the side of the fence we can land on when we go through hard moments... We can choose the side that's filled with anger. You have that choice. You can choose the side of the fence that's filled with anger. You can choose the side of the fence that's filled with rebellion. You can choose the side of the fence that is completely self dependence on getting through it. You can choose the side of the fence where you isolate yourself from God or other people. On the side of the fence, you have the choice to speak rhetoric over and over that says this isn't fair. You have the choice on the side of the fence to begin to excuse unhealthy, destructive behavior because you say, it's not fair, and I'm just going to do what I want. On that side of the fence, you, you can begin to give over your identity of who you are and whose you are. You can begin to question the existence of God. You can begin to build a life of resentment. You have that choice. On one side of the fence, during hard times, you can choose all of these things. But this side of the fence is filled with momentary and continued destruction. Which brings me back to what I said at the beginning. One of the things that makes me so sad is when I see people I love walk through tough times and they choose this side of the fence and I see their life begin to fall apart. I see destruction begins to take over. But this morning is to remind you for yourself, for how God wants to use you, there is another side of the fence. There's always another option. And on the other side of the fence, suffering still exists. On the other side of the fence, hardship still exists. This is not about taking away hardship. On the other side, it still exists, but also on the other side, there's a potential for different outcomes. And for me, how I walk through these potential different outcomes is I want to ask the right questions. I not only want to ask the right questions, I want to ask the right person the right questions in how to walk through. And what I want to tell you this morning is I think there are just some simple questions that you can ask or you can help other people ask to God as you walk through this, questions I imagine people before us, when they've been walking through pain, they've asked these questions, and the first question is really simple, and just says, God, where are you in this moment? God, where are you in this moment? Hear me, I get why people get mad, mad at God when things happen. I have empathy for people. When things happen, we question, God, where are you? We wrestle with this idea, that, 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 an idea that says, God, aren't you supposed to protect me? I understand the wrestling with God. If you loved me, then why would you let this happen? Why won't you stop this? I have empathy to this. This is a normal human question. But what if? hear me, what if, what if, instead of assuming the lack of presence by God, instead of assuming the lack of love by God, we asked and gave God a chance to answer, God, where are you in this moment? I see many people walk through this one of the people that I see in Scripture walk through this is King David. You, you probably know King David. You don't look up his story. King David of Israel, he walked through so many different seasons and he has no problem sharing his emotions as he walks through these things. That's what the Psalms are. And I love the conclusion that King David makes in one of his moments in his life. We see this famous Psalm 23 or one portion of this he just says even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff they comfort me these aren't shallow words this isn't a motivational talk There's a man who's walking through tough moments and he has to wrestle with the dilemma, God, where are you? And one portion of his conclusion is even though I walk through these darkest moments, you are here with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Direction is still there. Love is still there. You haven't forgotten me. Listen, one of the best gifts we have when we walk through hard times... Is Scripture, which always amazes me that when we go through hard times, many times we isolate ourselves from other people's voices. We try to isolate ourselves from God's voice. We isolate ourselves. We don't go to Scripture. We almost run from it because we tend to think, once again, God, where are you? Why would I go to Scripture? But I'll tell you, it is a powerful thing to remember words like David spoke, memorizing them so that we can begin to speak them into our own lives. Reminding ourselves that god you haven't gone somewhere. You are still with me. You're still guiding me Where are you? right here always Then the second question Not just god, where are you god? What are you trying to show me? God, what are you trying to show me if we can get to a place of let's say peace? Okay, God, you're never going to leave me or forsake me. If we can get to that place where we can say, God, you're not going to leave me, you're not going to forsake me, you're here, you're not mad at me, then what if we ask, God, is there something we need to see as we walk through this? Once again, what if you're helping other people and you say, what would God want to show you in the middle of this? Maybe the best thing in this moment is that God can redeem it to open our eyes to see something we haven't seen before. Maybe we get in stuck places, or maybe we find ourselves in these places because we don't have proper vision. In Proverbs, it tells us that where there is no vision, that people perish, that when people don't see reality, see what God has for them, see what's next, that people perish. What if the next hard season actually is the thing that God uses to kind of catapult you into what he has for you next i think god has desires for our life and even the hardest moments can be used to bring us there to try to show us something new we haven't seen before and here's the thing we can ask this question or not ask this question but we're still going to walk through those moments the difference is, if we don't ask the question, then God can't redeem it for good. But what if we said, God, I'm walking through this, well, in the midst of it, why don't, why don't you show me something that you have for me? Will you let me see something I haven't seen before? Maybe God uses the hardest places to open our eyes, to open up the eyes of our heart, to go, hey, I've been trying to show you this, but you couldn't see it. But now that you're in this tough season, maybe you'll see where you were blinded. There's three questions. The third question is, God, what are you trying to produce in me? What are you trying to produce in me? The big theme of Christianity is who are we becoming? A- around here, you hear me say all the time, Is are we becoming more like Jesus every day? Because this is what happens in walking with Jesus, that we don't stand still. We don't remain the same. That option is not on the table. Paul talks about it to the church in Corinth this way when he says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ is In Christ The new creation has come The old is gone And the new is here But here's my question How do we get To this new That Jesus has for us Do we just make a decision And we're like okay now Like I believe in Jesus And just like this Are we like okay new creation Well in a salvation sense Yes But is there more that God's trying to produce in us? What do we need in our life to become who God is trying to create us to become? How or what do we need in life to experience this new creation that God has for us? There's a guy named Charles Wesley. You probably know his brother, maybe more. You've heard of John Wesley. Charles Wesley also had a great ministry. He also took care of people, shepherded people, spoke to people. He he wrote many of the words to to hymns that maybe you've heard before. Charles had a deep belief in how to walk through suffering. Charles had a deep conviction of how we should walk through life. And he he would say things, he would teach things like this suffering is not good in itself, instead, it serves a higher purpose. He would teach, suffering was part of what was required for one to become restored in the image of God. Now hear me, in the beginning God created, and you know what Genesis tells us, we're all created in the image of God, but we also know that sin and brokenness takes away the, this, this, um, this perfection that God created us in. And so Charles would say, hey, this moment of hardship actually can be used for higher purposes To produce in you that image of God that he wants to get us back to. This created being that God had, that brokenness and sin has destroyed. That God can use the hardest moments to restore this image of God in us. That God can actually use it for good. If we allow him that he would say it's not something you run after but it's also not something you resist in my own life i've i've spoken a scripture before that means it just means the world to me of times in my life when i i can get off balance and there's a scripture that kind of it, it just brings me back into calm may not work for everybody But for me, this is a verse I speak to myself all the time because it's the words that Paul speaks to the church in Rome when he says, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. I speak these words to myself reminding me that God wants to produce something in me he wants to produce perseverance yes he wants to produce character yes but ultimately he wants to get to the place of producing hope in what he can do in my life and hope no matter what circumstances come my way this is what he wants to produce in me but we got to ask the questions we got to ask the questions god where are you in this moment We've got to ask the question God, what do you want to show me? Open my eyes to see things I haven't seen before. God, what are you trying to produce in me? God, use this terrible moment for something that's good in my life. So the question comes for you this morning Are you walking through anything? Do you know somebody that's walking through something? How's it working? If you're walking through something this morning, do you see there's another choice, another way we can walk through it? Do you know someone needs to be reminded there are two sides of the fence, and there's one that brings hope? I I, uh, spoke earlier about a conversation that the disciples had um, with Jesus, and Jesus looks at them and says, in this world there's going to be troubles. But if you know this verse in John, you know that's not where it ended, right? He says to them, in this world, there's going to be troubles. But then he ends it with, but take heart. Take heart because I have overcome the world. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we need to be reminded of the most? If we're going to walk through things, do we need to be with somebody who has overcome the world and everything in it? This is the reason we go to the side of the fence where God is. So we can ask those questions of where are you? We ask those questions, what do you want me to see? We ask the questions, what do you want to produce? Go to the side of the fence where the hope is, where God is. I think that's the side of the fence that Horatio went on. As he's on that boat, and he's writing these words of "It is well with my soul," his daughters were not coming back. He couldn't change the circumstance. But he could change how he walked through the circumstance. And so in deep tragedy, he writes this poem that later on music would be put to. He writes these words, and God uses these words, I think, in his life, but he used these words in countless lives since. That we can remember that through Jesus, death, resurrection, how we live life, that there's going to be troubles, but take heart, he's overcome the world. And maybe there's someone that needs to be reminded, yes, you are walking through things, but he has overcome it, so go to him. That maybe you don't know Jesus, and you're like, I want to know Jesus, because I want to be attached to the one that has overcome the world. I want to be attached to the one who can, can walk me through the hardest seasons. That when we give our life to Jesus, we give our life in the good moments and in the bad moments. And we rejoice with him in the good and we cry in the bad. But either way, he's there with us. So maybe today it's where we need to say, okay, either I give you my life or I give you my life again. Or once again, maybe you need to go to somebody and say, can I speak hope? into your life can I speak hope into your life because I know where hope is found that God hasn't left you he actually wants to comfort you he actually wants to guide you he actually wants to direct you and walk you through these things but will you let him so this morning we're going to close with that song that you've heard before we're going to close with Horatio Spafford's song And in that moment, maybe you need to sing it to remind yourself of where hope comes from. Maybe you need to sing it and you need to give something to God and let him bring peace to your heart. Maybe you need to bring something to an altar. Maybe you need to come to intercede on someone else's behalf. But I would love for us to leave today in some hope. It says the theme of Scripture is going to be hardships, but that's okay. Because God walks in every hardship with us. Instead of you leaving today, carrying it alone, you allow God to carry it for you and you walk with Him. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.